folks, this is Matt, producer for the show. Right off the bat, I have some great news. We finally scheduled a shoot date for episode six of the podcast, and we're expecting to release it a week from today. This will be the final episode of season two, and I'm very excited to put it out because it's going to be a good one. So in the meantime, we have another segment of Mungless Shorts. If you didn't catch the explanation last week, we will be periodically releasing short interviews with Hmong people that we recorded earlier this year at Mungtown Marketplace in St. Paul. These interviews were facilitated by our previous co-host, Gia Vang, and represent a snapshot of how Hmong people are thinking about their culture today. Keep in mind that this clip was recorded during peak hours at the market. It's very noisy in the background, so please bear with us. Cool. Enjoy. Um, what is your name, by the way, again? Bao? My name is Bao. And what's your last name, Bao? Tao. Bao Tao. Okay. Yeah. And Bao, how long have you been living in Minnesota? Almost 20 years now. And Bao, you're Hmong? I'm Hmong. Okay. Were you born here in the nope, States? No, I or? was born in Laos. You were born in Laos. Yep. And when did you come here to the States? Uh, we came here in 78. So we were one of the early families that arrived in Wisconsin when I was about three years old. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember what it was like at three years old? Do you have any first memories at all of what it was like coming here? I remember my, I think it was our first Christmas here. Um, we were sponsored by a church family. And so I think they came over just as, someone came over just as Santa. So, you know, I mean, obviously we had no idea what was going on. That was your first memory of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and so now you've obviously grown up here most of your life, really. Um, tell me a little bit about how you've been, I mean, this is a really tough question, but how you've navigated really being Hmong mm-hmm. in America or being Hmong American or? Um, well, my parents are very traditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they taught us, you know, a lot of the traditions, but at the same time, because in my family, there are six kids, but the four older ones were girls, and so... Despite that fact, you know, with Hmong culture being so male-oriented and all that, my parents always encouraged us to go to school and study hard, which was, you know, a break from the norm, right? And so um, I think having that support, it really taught me and my sisters to kind of, you know, grow into ourselves and be independent and not think about the whole, oh, I just need to find a good husband who's going to take care of me. My parents taught us that, you know, it's good to keep your traditions and you know know your culture but at the same time you want to acclimate to where you are now and you want to make sure that you're successful mm-hmm. so I mean my parents are a really good you know good support that way and then um, some of the church families that su- sponsored us mm-hmm. especially one of them we were really close I mean the mom was like she was like a second mom to us mm-hmm. she did everything that my parents couldn't do for mm-hmm. us you know growing up like if we need to go to doctor appointments and things like that, she would take us. Because, yeah. of course, my parents didn't speak English well and all that. So we had a really good support system growing up. Yeah, we well, were that's, lucky. That's nice because I, I don't know if a lot of families had exactly that, right? Um, no, they don't. So now that you're older and look back at your life, how do you then still honor the Hmong parts of you and still make sure that, you know, like you mentioned, you want to be you want to be successful in this country, too? How do you how do you do that? Well, my husband's family is very traditional, too, and so his parents are, you know, they're younger and they're they're still very involved. And so they help us teach our kids 
about the Hmong culture and we teach our kids, you know, because we still take, we still follow the old ways. And so, you know, the kids are picking up here and there little by little, but it, it's hard. I mean, it's tough because, you know, they have a really difficult time communicating with the elders, right? Because of the whole language barrier. But um, I think it's just making sure they have a relationship with their grandparents helps a lot. And we make sure that they understand, like, when we have our little things, you know, like, when they and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, that they kind of understand what's going on and, you know, we explain it to them. Mm -hmm. And so that they know, they kind of know, and they're proud of who they are, where they came from. Are you at all concerned about, you know, the loss of language? Like you mentioned, they kind of, the loss of language, like you mentioned, they don't really know, you know, but you still want to make sure they know about Oneng and those sorts of things. But um, that they don't know the language that much. And then when parent grandparents pass away, like how do they and how do you all make sure that they still know who they are as Hmong people? You know, that's tough. Yes. Um, because even, you know, my husband and I, we don't speak Hmong to them as much as we should. Mm -hmm. um, so even for us, it's really hard, you know, trying to communicate. Um, I don't know. I mean, I haven't. If someone, if anybody else has found <laughs> a successful way to keep that going, I, I I'd yeah. love to know. Yeah. Um, but you know, as as my oldest is, you know, has gotten older, he's yeah. become more interested. Mm -hmm. So his grandfather, like my father-in-law, has been teaching him words and how to write little by little. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's if nothing else, at least that he has that to look back on and to think about and to remember that. Oh, yeah, you know, way back when, when Grandpa was still around, you know, he was teaching me how to read and write among kind of a little bit. So, you know, I guess it's better than nothing, you know, because I didn't have any of that growing up. Yeah, yeah. So. It's such an evolution. And I think we're I, I'm the same way. I'm like, if anyone has an answer, let me know. Right. I think, I think it's pretty difficult. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt, do you have anything? At this point, I asked Bao if she has ever felt any sort of pressure to speak Hmong to her children. Well, I don't think it's ever that you actively choose not to. You know, it's we get a lot of pressure from the parents and from the aunts and uncles, you know, always. If you don't teach your kids how to speak Hmong, then they won't know how to speak it anymore. And, and it's true. But at the same time, it's like, I guess my husband and I are always like, we don't want to pressure them. And it's really hard to communicate because things just don't even for us. We don't know how to always express ourselves in Hmong the right way. You know, so it's kind of like this broken Monglish kind of thing that we do anyways. Which is exactly what this podcast is called, Monglish. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's always, you know, trying to find that fine line. It's, it's really hard. It's, it's not easy at all. Yeah. So, I mean, we struggle and, you know, like actually my husband's family is one of the families from France. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we were always hoping that our kids would be, could be trilingual because they'd be, because his, his family still speaks French a lot you know, between them. And so it would have been awesome, right? Been Hmong, French, and English. But no, we're down to mostly English. A little Hmong. <laughs> I then asked her how she navigates around certain phrases or emotions that are difficult to express in the Hmong language. Yeah, I think for anybody that's studied another language, you kind of, you understand that, right? Because there's always going to be certain phrases or words that just don't translate exactly. Or it sounds weird if you do the literal translation. And so I think with Hmong especially, because we don't have a lot of the same things. So to try and express something from English to Hmong, 
it sounds really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to capture the essence of what they're saying. Right. You're like when you say it like dad or grandpa or mom, it sounds so poetic and beautiful. Mm -hmm. Actually, when we translate it to English, we're like, this is what they said. And people are like, okay, great. I'm like, no, no, there's so much more to that. I just mm -hmm. can't explain it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I agree with that. It's just, yeah, it's, it's really hard trying to think of the right words and think of the right terms. Or sometimes you, you think you know the word and then <laughs> you get corrected. It's like, well, actually, we don't say it that way. We say it this way. And then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> do you ever feel when someone corrects you, like, shamed by that? Or how do you feel as someone um, who grew up? I don't feel shame necessarily. Okay. I always laugh it off because okay. to me it's funny. <laughs> I find it amusing. Yeah. Um, but then because my husband's green mong and I'm mong, white mong, so that's always been fun trying to navigate that, going back and forth. Um, you know, because it's like they're always like, oh, you need to learn how to speak Green Mong because you're married to, you know, Green Mong family now. And I don't know how familiar you or, you know, how much you explained to him about this, but even just between the Hmong, the white Hmong dialect and the green Hmong dialect, there's a lot of differences in some certain things. So it's a lot. I mean, I'm like mishmashing yeah. the Monglish and then the blue green, the white or the green Hmong, the white Hmong. I like interchange. It's, it's, I'm all over and the, the place. The different dialects and then English and then right. also Mongfaki, um, right? So mm -hmm. France and French. Um, so it's it's almost like it's a difficult place to navigate <laughs> in terms is. of like language. <laughs> it okay. is. You know, yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you, Bao. Thank you. Thank you. Hey folks, hope you enjoyed that. We plan on publishing more of these whenever we don't have a formal Munglish episode. Remember, if you like the show, subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Feel free to leave us a five-star review and tell us what this show means to you. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at MunglishPod. And we continue to work on the YouTube channel. I apologize for not being super current on that, but we do our best with the limited staff that we have. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.